what it's about liberty and justice for all right here in america thank god i'm an american i don't know about you but i know this country is the best in the world we promote freedom we promote you being able to pick up your feet and provide for yourself without interference from government in any form that is the key here in America. And we've got to get back to those principles. And, you know, the president that we currently have, Mr. Donald J. Trump, three years of accomplishments. What a man in office right now. Unconventional in his ways, that's for sure. But by God, he's getting things done, isn't he? And the world is starting to take notice. So, let's listen in to Mr. Trump. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only... America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. Un 
unstoppable. Now, this man continues with his efforts, even though you have all the horse crud going on in the impeachment scandal right now. And we're going to get into that here shortly, but we're going to continue to build on Mr. Trump's accomplishments here. He was at the Farm Bureau meeting. He was at Davos. And I'm telling you, if you did not get a chance to listen to those speeches by Mr. Trump, you should go listen to those. Remarkable. This man is pulling up the bootstraps here in America and taking us forward. Let's listen into what China, the IMF deputy head, former, we need to listen to what this man says. My next guest served at the People Banks of China. He's also former deputy managing director of the International Monetary Fund. Zhumin, welcome to Bloomberg Surveillance. First Thank of you. all, um, how do you see the China, the, the Chinese actually delivering on their part of the trade deal with the U.S.? Well, the trade deal actually is, is, is quite good for, for China side because you think about China imports, right? And because China needs to import those things, the soybeans, all those things. And energy and those things, and particularly on the structural reform side, open the financial market, protect the IP, you know, improve the business environment. That's all things China need. I think this is very important. China is moving from roughly ten thousand dollar per capita to middle income to you know fifteen thousand dollar per capita high income categories in the next few years. I think international experience tells us in this particular moments, open door bring the international competition, improve the business environment. This is a key issue for China. So I think this is a deal is, is very much from China's own interests. Does the world and does you know the Western world understand what kind of form Chinese capitalism will look like in, in 10, 15 years? Well, in 10, 15 years, I mean, if you're looking for the, the, the cultural history, China being the central bank for 5,000 years, you know, so collective activities is really a big issue, you know, uh, it's more centralized in the 5,000 years. So China may have a different form, but obviously uh, a market-based run the economy, so bring the people better life is really the key objective for all the Chinese. We, we've seen a number of defaults in China. Is that a good or a bad thing? Is it letting steam out or, or can it be something more sinister? What defaults do you mention? Some of the defaults in some of uh, you know the small brokerage companies. Uh, there seems to be companies oh, oh, actually come out with, yeah, with I, defaults. I, no, I think those, those are good things. Are good things because that's exactly let the market play the role. I mean, think about China have a pretty high debt and the over leverage is still a concern. So let those small companies go, you know, defaults. And I think this is a good thing because they think it will getting the whole system a little bit more healthier. You will continue to see those things happen. Um, I think that's a good, the market should play a role, the state should not protect them, make sure those guys can live forever. So if you also look at the opening of the financial sector to foreign uh, to foreigners in China, do you think that will be quicker than we think or actually slower? I think it will be quicker than your thought. I mean, you see, UBS is here, JP Morgan is here, S&P is there, Pepper is there, Bridgewater is there, JP Morgan is there, BlackRock is there, everyone's there. 
I mean, one thing is amazing today: foreign capital account more than ten percent of Chinese equity market trading volume today. This is incredible, from two percent just twelve months ago. So I think because the market is big, all the foreign financial institutions is really moving. But it will take some time for them、okay. to get used to the local environment, the market, and the regulatory framework. So, do you think that trend will continue from China, what we saw last year? Is this just going to open up more and more and more? In my personal experience, because I I see more of my friends come to see me, you know, <laughs> try to see and you know, how in the market will be and what will the business opportunity for them. So, what do they ask you? The key issue is how do you do the business in China? How you know how, how the, really the the openness is real and、uh, what about the regulatory framework and、uh, what is the cost? You know. So I think that those all very interesting strategic issues for business. And but I think most of people feel the Chinese financial market、mm-hmm. is such a big market they cannot just miss it.、Uh, the only thing is they made their internal strategy. I told them the ball is not in China; it's in your ballroom because China is so big. If you want to do business in China, the key issue is the scale.、Mm-hmm. If you want to play big, do move to China, but you have to get approved from your board. So. The ball is not in China; it's in your side. So,、uh, what happens when you look at you know the U.S.-China Phase One deal? Are we actually going to see a Phase Two this year, or could both countries live without a Phase Two deal? I think a Phase One deal is good. I mean, focus on trade. I think that's one thing. Reduce the tension is most important, but also have a very broad coverage. Touch many things around IP technology transfer, IP protections, environment, and the business,、uh, the environment improvements. All those things, right? Um, so I think it's good for both sides. We'll continue the dialogue. I will prefer to have a more broad sort of economic dialogue rather than you know narrow defined、uh, trade. Because being number one, number two biggest economy in the world, these two countries have to talk and have to talk in a very broad way. So I very much expect to to see a trade、uh, economic dialogue. Um, I mean, there's there's a number of questions, of course, about trade, which we'll get to in a second. But how would you describe the world economy right now? We had a recession scare last year. Has that now gone away? I think with the trade deal, people are much more relaxed, right? I think it will bring global growth roughly zero point two, zero point three percent back. Although growth remained low, I think last year is two point nine. This year is probably will be around three to three point one. Still in the low boundary, I think that's one thing. And the liquidity is still ample, right? In, in in the last year, I mean, more than forty central banks cut more than seventy interest rates. We're once again in a cutting、uh, move, right? So liquidity and pricing market should be okay. Although everybody understand the equity market is way high, we are all at the end of cycle in financial market and in business cycle. The, the the appetite is still there, so I think twenty twenty should be okay yeah, economically yeah, and financially. Are, have central banks done too much, so that it doesn't force countries to spend? Right. Are we relying too much on central banks? We're relying very much on central banks. That's for sure. Yeah,、um, the central bank once again become the only game in the town. Yeah, but、uh, given the very particular situations, you have very low inflation rates.、Yeah. You have a low and a growth rates, right? And、uh, you have a limited fiscal space. Monetary policy is still the way to keep the the the, the growth to, to to make the the economy run, right?、Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I think central bank is doing their best,、yeah. but. We really need to figure out how you know we can get out this liquidity trap. How the bank and the phys- physical body can work together in the near future. As I very much hope, this doubles meeting will be able to bring the central bank and the Ministry of Finance sit down to talk about. So,、uh, talk to me about PBOC. How's it changed since you left? Well, PBOC changed a lot. We move more to 
the market-based exchange rate. I think that's that's more important things. And we we also liberal liberalize further the interest rates. Now interest is very much market-based, which is also important. We 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 bring because of that we'll be able to build on the hedge market. Another thing, the, the central bank is very tough on P2P, mm-hmm. which created a lot of problems. And also, deleveraging process was tough in the past two years. But now we move to stabilize yeah. leveraging. Because um, if you deleverage too strong, too fast, you can create a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So I think stabilizing leveraging is it's a proper policy today. So I think the financial sector, actually, risk is just coming down size and uh, things are getting better. Sh- should we worry about shadow banking in China? Or was this a problem of... No, you know, I think the shadow bank is gone. I think three years ago, shadow bank is a real concern because and it's off-balance off activities on the wealth management. You know, the money goes nowhere. P2P is really everywhere, right? So it was really tough uh, since 2017 to try to bring those off-balance off assets back to the banking mm-hmm. assets and try to close these P2Ps. I think today, shadow bank is really not the key issue. The key issue is a monetary policy transmission me- mechanism. Make sure the liquidity move to the real sector. So there you have it. Are we seeing a shift in policy in China? It's kind of interesting. Another thing I saw in China was the acquisition of aircraft carriers. I guess they're backing away from that. That's just astronomical. If that is true, hooray, hooray. Hip hurrah for Donald Trump. That is remarkable. When you see a reversal like that, that big of a deal, it's remarkable. And if they're backing away from building up their Navy, that's a good sign. So let's keep on helping Donald Trump move this ball forward. Let's stop all of the blocking. Let's get into some of this impeachment nonsense real quick. Now, this is Republican Representative John Ratcliffe, and he's going to explain his role in the impeachment trial. Meanwhile, eight high-profile House Republicans announcing plans to join the president's defense team. Among them, Texas Congressman John Ratcliffe. He joins us now as our guest this morning. Congressman, good morning to you and thank you for being here. So what exactly will you do in this new role? Well, it was announced last night, uh, Smitty, but uh, really for the last few weeks, I've been working with the White House counsel, uh, helping them prepare the legal briefs that are being submitted in the trial and uh, preparing the oral oral arguments that will be presented later this week. Um, I was one of a few members that was involved in both uh, both phases of the impeachment inquiry before the House Intelligence Committee and the House Judiciary Committee. There's a lot of information there, so um, I'm going to continue to be as much of a resource uh, for the president's lawyers uh, as I can be over this uh, trial. To be to be clear, though, you won't have any role in speaking on the Senate floor. That hasn't been finally determined yet. I think that's currently the plan. Um, currently the but plan you never not to? Know, currently the plan not to, um, but you never know what's going to happen during a trial. Part of the reason that we are there is to hold accountable uh, some of the House managers, in particular the lead House manager, uh, Adam Schiff, um, and make sure that the evidence is presented um, the way it occurred in the House. 
Um, if that doesn't happen, there may be a change in the trial structure. But of course, Congressman, that's why there's a debate about witnesses, because D Democrats are making the case that there was information presented after the vote happened in the House on the articles of impeachment. What's going to happen with, with that debate ultimately? And what is your defense to not have witnesses called? Well, I don't think there are going to be any witnesses called. There isn't a witness that can be called that can fix this process. There isn't a witness on either side that you can call that can inject um, fairness and due process into a process that had none. Um, I think one of the things that your listeners uh, are going to hear this week is a comparison of what happened, the disparity in the way that President Clinton and President Nixon were treated during their impeachment inquiries as opposed to President Trump. The Nixon and Clinton lawyers were allowed to participate every single day. Uh, from the very beginning to the very end, they were allowed to review evidence, to suggest evidence, to call witnesses, and to cross-examine witnesses. By comparison, President Trump, during a 78-day impeachment inquiry, his lawyers were forbidden, forbidden from participating for the first 71 of a 78-day process. Not allowed to call witnesses, cross-examine witnesses, be there for the presentation or review of evidence. Um, that's a lack of due process and fairness that I think all senators, Republican and Democrat, are going to be surprised to learn. And I think as a result of that, they're not going to want to hear any witnesses because the Senate isn't going to be able to fix what happened in the House. I want to throw up on the screen the tweet you put out last night after it was announced that you would now be a new member of the president's uh, defense team. You said, I took the oath to defend the Constitution. This impeachment is an assault on due process. It's an assault on the separation of powers. It's unconstitutional. I'm grateful for the opportunity to make that clear to every American during the Senate trial. So for your part, you're going to be controlling the messaging. You're going to be controlling the defense of this team. How do you lay out your strategy? And, and we only know what we know. What are going to be the surprises as we watch this all begin this afternoon? Well, I think the, the uh, uh, Senate defense team, as they prepare this and present this, are going to point out the fact that, again, the irony of the uh, House Democrats wanting to impeach a president for obstructing House Democrats in a 78-day process where they forbid him from participating for the first 71 days. People are going to find it ironic that the uh, House Democrats are wanting to impeach for obstruction of Congress, a term that the founders referred to as the separation of powers. They can't make constitutional arguments because they don't have any. This impeachment fails. It fails factually. It fails legally. It fails constitutionally. Um, this is going to be like uh, killing a fly with a sledgehammer. Uh, the House Democrats had a weak case, even on a slanted playing field where they okay. made the rules, changed the rules and broke the rules to their advantage. On a level playing field, it's going to get ugly. I expect a short trial, no witnesses an early acquittal for President Trump. The minority leader in the Senate, Chuck Schumer, took to a microphone last night to slam those rules laid out by Mitch McConnell. Here's the senator. Senator McConnell's resolution is a national disgrace. He's saying that he doesn't want to hear any of the existing evidence and he doesn't want any new evidence. A trial where there's no evidence, no existing record, and no new evidence, no witnesses, no documents, that isn't a trial at all. It's a cover-up. As a former prosecutor and now new member of the president's defense team, how do you counter that, Congressman? Well, actually, I agree with Chuck Schumer that um, there can't be a fair trial and that there was a cover-up, but not for the reasons that he thinks. 
The cover-up happened when um, Adam Schiff, who everyone knows um, was not truthful about his contact with the whistleblower, um, what they don't know is that the whistleblower was not truthful under oath about his contacts with Congressman Schiff. And there is a transcript that reflects that. It's the inspector general's transcript. It's the only one out of 18 transcripts that hasn't been released by Congressman Schiff. So there is a cover up there. And, and, and that is what prevents a fair trial here is the person in charge of this investigation was judge, jury, prosecutor, these are Adam Schiff's facts, and you can't wave a magic wand and inject fairness into a process that a conflicted witness uh, controlled from beginning to end. I think every senator, Republican and Democrat, is going to come to that realization, and that I think early on there's going to be a motion to acquit President Trump, and I think that's going to be uh, supported on a bipartisan basis. Got it. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, to kick off our program this morning. We appreciate your time. So interesting. We have that part of it. Now, let's turn over to Pelosi. Oh, and there's a little bit of Joe. We're going to go back in time, back to the 90s, and listen to what Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden is saying about impeachment. Right now we have a, a situation where any and all grievances that anybody ever had with the president are being heaped on and uh, talking about impeachment without even defining what the laws may have been that were broken with applying the facts to them uh, without even defining if even if those laws were broken, if that amounts to an impeachable offense. It's not about impeaching the president. It's about putting the country through that. I thought what the Republicans did to President Clinton was shameful, irresponsible, and wrong for the country. And what he did was stupid, but it had nothing to do with public policy and, and uh, his office, his responsibility and his office. I do think people could have made a case about President Bush, but I did not want to go down that path because of what it would mean for the American people. We just tried to impeach. Well, we did impeach, but did not remove from office one president uh, in a very irresponsible manner, in my view, on the part of the Republicans in the House at the time. The Republican majority is not judging the president, president with fairness, but impeaching him with a vengeance. In the investigation of the president, fundamental principles which Americans hold dear, privacy, fairness, checks and balances, have been seriously violated. And why? Because we are here as we are here today because the Republicans in the House are paralyzed with hatred of President Clinton. And until the Republicans free themselves of this hatred, our country will suffer. I rise to un to oppose these unfair motions which call for the removal of the president of the United States from office. This is their president we are talking about. The president of the United States does not serve at the pleasure of the legislature, does not serve at the pleasure of Joe Biden, does not serve at the pleasure of Henry Hyde, does not serve at the pleasure of the Congress, as a prime minister does in a parliamentary system. He is elected directly by the people of the United States of America. And the election of a president is the only nationwide vote the American people will ever cast. And that's a big deal. 
The American people don't think that they have made a mistake by electing Bill Clinton. And we in Congress had better be very careful before we upset their decision and make darn sure that we are able to convince them if we decide to upset their decision that our decision to impeach him was based upon principle and not politics. Article 1 is adopted. The the question is on adoption of Article 2. So there you have it. And the Daily Wire calls it, they're hypocrites. So, I don't know. What do you think? At the end of the show, we open up the mic so you can give your five minutes of free speech. Tell me what you think at the end. And then we have this little bit of uh, (laughs) hypocrisy. And, you know... This I find unfortunate, what they're doing here. You know who this Greta Thunberg is. She's the little girl that they're displaying all over the world with her little rant about global warming. Now, it's unfortunate that they're putting a child through something like this and using and exploiting a child like this. But we're going to go ahead and listen to what Greta Thunberg says about rising temperatures here. And actually, she's not so hyped up on this one. Let's listen in. And why is it so important to stay below 1.5 degrees Celsius? Because even at one degree, people are dying from climate change. Because that is what the United Science calls for to avoid destabilizing the climate so that we have the best possible chance to avoid setting off irreversible chain reactions. Every fraction of a degree matters. Since last summer, I've been repeating these numbers over and over again in almost every speech. But honestly, I don't think I have once seen any media outlet or person in power communicated this and what it means. I know you don't want to report about this. I know you don't want to talk about this. But I assure you, I will continue to repeat these numbers until you do. So the caravan continues on that. Now, I'm over 50 years old, and I've lived through some global warming and global chilling, you know, The world has this natural cycle about it. We really have to get off of that bandwagon. We have to remember there used to be a world that was ran only on coal and fire. And for many, many years, they dealt with these shifts in temperature. I I don't know. That just seems like a bunch of nonsense to sell these carbon credits to me. Remember those carbon credits they were trying to sell? And now we're seeing this hype back up again. We've got to watch it, you know. Let's not eat everything that's dealt onto our plate. We don't have to be that way. 
So another thing going on is three rockets hit back inside the green zone. Let's listen to this. Let us head over to London now for a check of the world. Ian, we are hearing about rockets landing near the U.S. Embassy in Iraq. Hey, good morning, Amory. That's right. We are starting today in Iraq, where three rockets have fallen near the U.S. Embassy. Alarms were sounded at the complex this morning, and speakers warned those inside to take shelter. Iraqi authorities say three Katusha rockets fell inside the green zone, which houses government buildings and other foreign embassies. The perpetrators are not immediately known. Earlier this month, the violence escalated after the killing of an Iranian general, Qasem Soleimani, and a senior Iraqi militia commander in a U.S. drone strike. Iran responded to that attack with more than a dozen missiles targeting two U.S. bases. Iraq's parliament also voted for U.S. troops to leave the country. Next, we are in China, where a judge today sentenced the former head of Interpol to more than 13 years in prison for bribery. Meng Hongwei vanished during a visit he made from China to France, or from France to China in 2018, and his detention shook the international police organization. Meng is among a growing number of Communist Party members caught in President Xi Jinping's anti-corruption campaign, but critics accuse him of using it to purge political enemies. France granted Meng's wife and two children asylum after saying she feared they would be targets of a kidnapping attempts. Finally, we are in Norway, where the country's ruling coalition has collapsed over the repatriation of ISIS suspects from Syria. The controversy surrounds a mother and her two children who have been living in a camp and were returned to Norway last Thursday night. But the Populist Progress Party rejected the plan and left the government. The foreign minister said the decision to let the former ISIS bride return was taken on humanitarian grounds. The mother was arrested immediately upon her arrival, and the children will be monitored by child welfare services. Amory, many countries are struggling with what to do with ISIS brides who travel to the Middle East to join the terrorist organization. Only a handful of countries have allowed their citizens to return home, while others, like here in the United Kingdom, have taken away the citizenship of some of their followers. Interesting. So there is a lot going on all around the world. And these governments are making changes. It's kind of odd. Remember the other day, Russia announced that their government stepped down. There's shifts in the world going on. And I'm not talking about Adam shift. But we're going to listen to what he says. He's calling the trial rigged before it even starts. Let's listen to him. Uh, Last night, uh, we received for the first time the text of the McConnell resolution that will govern the trial. And uh, we could see why this resolution was kept from us and from the American people. This is nothing like the process that was used in the. This was nothing like the process used in the Clinton impeachment. That's for sure. Adam, I'll tell you. There's some issues with you, and you need to wake up. This is America, and I don't know if y'all watched the rally over there in Virginia. Very impressive. I I was against that, really. I kind of, and I'm pro-Second Amendment all the way. I think everybody should have a gun, or ten, uh, however many you want.
you know, proper gun control is controlling how you handle that gun, your education of using a firearm. You know, the gun control is in the mind. It's not the gun doing these things. We have to realize that. So we have to educate our young properly about handling firearms. And I don't know about you, but my father said, you don't point a gun unless you're going to pull the trigger. And that is gun control. So, I mean, there was many, 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 many times that we got into fist fights when I was young and nobody pulled a gun. They took the whooping and they carried on. Maybe they'd win next time, you know? That's how we used to handle it. We didn't draw weapons and guns, guns, knives, and, you know, the world's getting odd out there. That's for sure. And it's up to people to bring it back. We need reason in the world. Do you know about Andy Hoosier? The Voice of Reason. You can find him at HoosierReason.com. He's a good place to find different voices. He brings on guests from all over the place talking about gun control, politics, current events. Good place to go over and listen. The Voice of Reason. But anyway, we have to get that common sense back in America. We have a lot of men and women that are brilliant and they're being blocked. We've got the same old blood that's been up in Congress for many, many, many years doing the same thing and expecting different results. I think that's actually the definition of insanity. So we've got to look and find out why these things are occurring. We have seen this buildup of violence in our culture. And there's many things that contribute to it. But nobody's going to figure it out if we can't just sit down and talk. But the main thing is to listen. Listen to others. Find out how they're feeling about situations without interrupting them. Make sure you get their story. If you don't understand, ask questions logically without assault. We have to start talking to each other. It's hard. I, I realize that. Everybody in America has their own personal way. And it's beautiful. Difference is a wonderful thing. Difference is what built America. So we have to realize what is being done is divisions again. And the same type of people always grasp for the same type of weaponry. Divide. Divide and conquer. 
and these little scoundrels that we have running our nation, we have to hold them accountable. We are a republic. We are a rule of law. We have a democratic form of government, but we are a republic ruled by laws, and a lot of laws in this nation just get overlooked. I see it all the time in the little areas of our government, everywhere. You've got this, I don't have to attitude. Don't talk to me that way. I am the government. No. Settle down. You don't talk to me that way. I'm your boss. I'm Joe Public. But yet, we get these people in these offices and they get arrogant and irresponsible. I know for a fact they lie to you. And it's okay in their mind. And when you say, no, you're a liar, boy, they get pretty gruff real quick. It's not right. No, no. If you're a liar, you should not be anywhere close to my government. Get the heck out of there. What what are we allowing in our world? You know, in order to change anything, you have to be willing to suffer a little bit. And that's where everybody is going wrong. My garbage company, Waste Management, let's be specific. Oh yes, I paid them to pick up my garbage. Well, my garbage was not picked up. Actually, I I have video cameras all over my house. And I have video footage of this guy looking at my garbage can, rolling by, smiling. Well, I called the office as soon as he went by. I said, hey, he just rolled by and he didn't pick up my trash. Could you call the driver and have him just come right back? Well, no, that didn't happen. Weeks. It took weeks for them to pick up my garbage. The answer? I finally rolled those trash cans in the middle of the road as he was coming by, and I stood in front of the trash cans. Today's the day you're taking my trash. That's for sure. Oh, they took my trash. And I do not pay them to take my trash anymore. I went out, I bought a trailer, and I do it myself. Yeah, it's a pain in the rear, and I hate it. But I am not going to allow disrespectful attitudes like that and pay for it. That's where people are going wrong. Yeah, put up with it. See how far it gets you. Well, if you're not willing to confront it and put a stop to it, 
It's just going to get worse each and every day. And here, here in here in Oregon, we just passed this bill about plastic bags. So you cannot use plastic bags unless they're reusable in the state of Oregon. And that's interesting. Now they charge five cents. Used to be you could just have paper or plastic. Now you pay for the paper bags and there are no reusable plastic bags. So it's interesting. Sadie Will, how are you doing? At the end of our show, I do open up the microphone to our audience. That way it doesn't disrupt what I am trying to present. But free speech is definitely a must, and I love to hear about it. So I am about to open those microphones up. I was just getting a good rant in is all. So sometimes I need to be broken up like that I guess but anyway Oregon we are one of those places we have to watch and stand up not violently we have the right to peaceably assemble and I am very impressed with the assembly out of Virginia I mean I was really one of those that was really discouraged let's put it that way so i'll shut up let's hear what you got to say hello go ahead you're on hello (laughs) nice to meet you how are you i am good thank you uh what do you have for us for what for what the plastic bags no anything uh what what would you like to talk about today it's your five minutes of free speech and you're welcome to say anything thank you thank you thank you i would look uh, i would like to talk about the plastics okay yes okay so the plastic bags as you know them Today's word means they are just all messing up. The plastics, there are a lot of plastics in our world. The percentage is being increasing by 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 fifty percent every decades, I think. Are you listening to me? So what's your what you're saying is there's a problem with the plastic in our world? Yeah, there are a lot of problems. The plastic bags create a lot of problems. We should stop using them. You know, nowadays the shopkeepers, the retailers also use the plastic bags to give someone's food or they pack their foods and items in the plastic bags. So it means it's just a trendy things. But now we should just give up the plastics because there are no use of it. Because... Uh, you know that they're very harmful for us for our coming population 
Yes, I, I really do agree with that. Uh, you know, yeah. and there is this where they are actually going out and gathering up the plastic out in the oceans and bringing it back yeah. in. Make new things, new products. We do need to limit the plastic in our world. Yeah, we do need to limit the plastic. Yeah, we do need. Yeah, a lot of environmental damage. That's for sure. Fish, they get entangled in it. A lot yeah, of wildlife yeah, die yeah, from it. It's yeah. clogging our oceans. Yeah, there's rivers over in India. It's just yeah. flowing plastic and garbage. Mm. Yeah, the sea life is in totally danger. It means a lot of fish just damage your life, damaging your life because of the plastics. It's just how disgusting is that? That is true. Yeah. What What else do you have for us? Uh, what else? Bugging you about the world today? Uh, I have. And it appears we lost Sadie. All right, I do thank you. Uh, it's great to get calls. And with that, we are going to go ahead and close our show for the day. I do thank you for that call, and that is very important. People, we need to wake up and realize that our world is pretty precious, and our world takes all of us to get involved and come up with these vital efforts. And I'm telling you, it is one of those things that we need to wake up about is this plastic. Thank you, Sadie, for uh, calling in today. We, we always enjoy people's opinions. And another thing is, it's never about me. I do this because I want to know how you feel, what your opinions are. I know what my opinion is, and I openly share it quite often. You can find all of my work over at deadamerica.website. We have right now three podcasts or a live cast and two podcasts that we do. We like to talk about history. We like to talk about politics and how government and business is ran. You know, there's a big world problem right now about Politics and religion, those are the two driving factors in our world, and nobody likes to talk about them. That's because everybody gets very heated over it. We need to calm down and be able to approach this with sense, logic, and reason, and open up and be able to talk to each other. I don't need people to agree with me. What I need is I need to understand others' points of view so I can make sure my viewpoints are in line. I'm not proud, I'm not rich, and I don't want to be the best. 
you know, I will never be the best. That's just reality. So we've got to grow up. We've got a lot of beautiful, brilliant people in the world. And we've got a lot of men and women that stood up for the principle of freedom. Let's remember that. Thank every one of you veterans, past, present, and future. You make the world a safer place. And that's a good thing. Everybody matters in the world, no matter where you live. There's a lot of third world countries out there. I I would hate to see some of our people here in America have to live in them conditions. Boy, what would they do? Think about it. I want to thank everybody for listening to me today. And everybody on the replays, thank you for listening. Join us, deadamerica.website. Join us right here for Keeping It Real each weekday morning, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And also, I like to plug two of my favorites out there, Andy Hoosier, HoosierReason.com, and Tracy Maxfield. Tracy Maxfield is a wonderful person, and you can find her at TracyMaxfield.com. She does a lot of work and advocacy for children. Go check them out, and make sure you like, share, subscribe, and share us with all of your family and friends. Get involved. Stand up loud, proud, and be who you are. It's important. Don't try to be somebody you're not to appease others i'm ed waters keeping it real right here on castbox.fm thank you castbox fm for a great platform and we are always willing and able to listen get involved people ed waters out